Welcome to Cap Chat. I'm your host, Josh Tyler. I'm the National College Advisory Program Director for Rush Soccer. In this episode, we have Mira Novak, who's the head women's soccer coach at the University of Massachusetts Lowell. Today's episode is brought to you by Magoose. Go to RushCollege.com to find out what Magoose can do for you. It is Rush's exclusive online ACT and SAT prep classes that you can take to help improve your test scores. Find out more at RushCollege.com. You're listening to CapChat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. This is CapChat. Good morning, Mira. Thanks for joining us today, man. How are you doing? Uh, very good. How are you? I'm, I'm f- fantastic. Fan- fantastic. Always good to, to chat with, with quality coaches. And so I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to get started here. And, um, and we kind of chat about Division One soccer. And, and so now how long have you been at, at UMass Lowell? Okay, so at UMass Lowell, uh, I just completed my third season. Uh, the first season I joined in as an assistant, um, which was a complete overhaul of the program. The head coach that I worked with, he left um, after a year uh, into the project, so kind of got into position to get bumped up. So I uh, had two seasons as a head coach, um, loving my time at UMass Lowell. Uh, there's so much potential with the school and everything we're doing right now, so... Uh, it's been great three years, man. That's that's and so how long does it take? So you talked about the head coach came in and left. How long does it kind of take to to get a Division One program to to be yours? If that makes sense. Yeah, I think it it, it does take a few years. It definitely uh, with the recruiting realities of Division One and recruiting so far ahead um, to put your stand on the program. I think it's definitely at least two three years in advance. Um, then we came uh, to the program that had a lot of senior players, and and uh, you know we had to recruit very early on uh, high quality student athletes. So um, you know my first my first year as a head coach, um, basically using the players that we recruited the year before, we were starting my first year as a head coach. We're starting six or seven freshmen that year. So uh, it definitely takes the time to get into that cycle that you're recruiting uh, the players that that kind of reflect your values and and uh your qualities and, and put your stamp on the program it does take you know two three years at least yeah well good good for the freshmen they got to start though that's that's a, that's a that's a heck of a deal for them so and you mentioned the recruitment so what what are some of the new the i guess the the big d1 recruitment rule changes yeah i mean it's changing every year really <laughs> so um we have to we have to be uh uh, innovative, creative, and uh, we have to keep up with with, with all these rules. So I think I think last one what happened uh, in, in in April we passed the uh, recruiting rule that uh, sophomores basically and and uh, younger we we cannot contact them. We cannot even take the phone calls. Uh, so you know this year I think it'll be the first real year in effect that we can start talking to these players June fifteenth. <laughs> I think we've been talking about it with my staff, how to really go best way about it, uh, because I think a lot of these Division One targets will be receiving a lot of communication, a lot of calls, a lot of emails, text messages, and whatnot on June 15th when the window opens. So I think that's probably 
one of the mo most important rules, mo most important changes uh, when we are in contact period with uh, with regards to age. And you say June fifteenth. Is that June fifteenth going into going into their junior year? Correct. Okay. Correct. So the the current sophomores. Uh, I think a lot of a lot of players are finishing their uh, sophomore year, you know, in June. So uh, we'll be probably busy period for them before their junior year. So June fifteenth is the contact period. We can we can initiate phone calls both ways. And uh, August first is the date when we can get them on campus for visits. So I think that period between between June fifteen and August first is kind of a funny one because you can talk to each other. You can host them on campus for a visit. And like, yeah, so you touched on that. That makes that makes doing ID camps even more valuable because it's really the the way that you can at least get to know a player. I mean, not I mean, not talk recruitment, but you get to know a player because it, it is a big commitment you're making to them and, and you need to bring in, you know, players that fit you and your team model. So it, it's good for I me. Mean, that seems right now for Division One prospects that like go to ID camps as much as possible. Correct. Yeah, I think there's this, uh, especially now in this environment, huge benefit in doing the ID clinics um, on our campus or on any campus. Um, I think it works both ways because not only do the uh, prospective student athletes get to know the campus, they get to know about us, but we get to know uh, them a little bit closer. Again, as I said, we're very careful with the recruiting conversations, but um, you know, to me as a, as a coach. When a prospective student athlete shows up on campus to our clinic, it tells me something about their interest levels because I think, uh, you know, with them being able to talk to them directly now and you can kind of gain the interest through, you know, uh, club coaches, uh, it really shows me commitment if uh, there's somebody consistently showing up to our ID clinics. Uh, it shows me that they're probably interested in our school and, and um, you know, we can keep them in in our minds in terms of recruitment going going forward. Yeah, that that makes sense. Interesting. Okay. And, and so, because so, if they go to, say, an, an ID camp, if they, um, are you, are, you know, exact camp or, you know, college exposure camp, are you allowed to talk to them at that point if you're on a, if you're at, at a camp prior to the, prior to June 15th? It is my understanding that, well, prior to June 15th. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you can coach them. You can have that's the same thing as as when they come to to our campus. Uh, you can you can have conversations. It could not be of recruiting nature, though. Got it. So, so um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, I think there's huge benefit now in that window I mentioned, June 15th to August 1st. Um, you know, because you cannot do the visits, but you can still invite them to come to your campus for clinics, camps, and I think I think a lot of the Division one prospects will be utilizing that and being able to come on campus in that period and seeing campus without really, you know, coming for a visit. And so, and so, but what, so what age do you start looking um, at, at players, at potential athletes? I think, I think in Division one level, I think uh, kind of there's still multiple layers. You know, uh, we know that in Power Five Conference, I think we, we consider mid major. So, um, you know, we usually our recruiting philosophies kind of get to know the, the, the sophomores during that year. Um, you know, so right now we're looking at 22 graduates uh, and uh, and scouting them to kind of see who we would want to initiate a contact on June 15th and who we want to kind of 
maybe make first offers, uh, you know, come August 1st or even June 15th because you can make verbal offers then. Um, so we're looking, we're looking at that class. We're not really looking at freshmen yet. Um, and we're still looking even at 2021 class. So the juniors, the current juniors, you know, uh, our philosophy at UMass always, uh, we would rather be more right than more wrong. So that means, um, you know, rather than getting eight players and, and not knowing them all well, uh, we would rather get six players that we 100% sure about that, you know, they can stay here for four years and they can, they can be the, the right fit. Yeah, that, that, make, that makes a ton of sense because it, it, it kind of used to be, uh, and maybe not for every program, it, you, you used to hear a lot of freshmen verbally committing. Um, mm-hmm. And so it seems that that, that that trend is changing now, um, at least maybe push back a year. Um, yeah, I, I certainly hope so. I think it's, uh, yeah, it goes both ways. You know, if you commit so early, so many things can change uh, in the meantime in terms of coaching changes and all that kind of stuff. So, um, again, we want to make sure we invest uh, our time in getting to know the, the prospective student athletes, making sure they're the right fit, making sure they're coming to us for, for a good reason, uh, because we want them to be excited uh, to become I mean, playing for UMass, so we just don't want them to, to show up just because they had no other offers. Uh, we want to make sure it's, it, it's the right fit both ways. And, uh, and for them as well, you know, we, we want to allow them time to get to know us. Uh, I think that relationship in the recruiting process is extremely important. If you have not signed up for Magoose for your ACT and SAT prep classes, you are missing out on cold, hard cash. Every point you increase equals money in your pocket. With Magoose, you can study from your phone, tablet, laptop, or desktop at your own pace. Visit RushCollege.com and click on Magoose for your exclusive cat chat discount. Do not keep losing out on money. Visit RushCollege.com today. This is Cap Chat. And so let's talk about the kind of the grind of or the, the schedule yeah. of, of Division One soccer. Um what I mean, what what's a typical in season week look like or a day? I mean, how's that how's that look for your athletes? Yeah, so I think in terms of the, the different levels of the, uh, the NCAA Division One, Two, Three, um, we have the most contact hours per year. Um, so that means we can invest a little bit more in terms of training, even spring. Right now, our kids came back this week and uh, we, we we're training already. So. Um, it's definitely not for everybody. I think a lot of lot of players have the wrong perception of I'll give it a try and see how it goes. But if if you don't truly love it, and um, you know there, there's a lot that goes into um, not just training, but you know the video, uh, the prep work. You know I think most of our players they're you know in the building at least an hour before training starts, getting their prep work done uh, in the training room, um, strength conditioning, and all that kind of stuff. So um, the kids that love it truly love it. They thrive in it. The, the kids, they're kind of, you know, 50-50. Um, I think it, it uh, can become very hard. It can become a daily grind, as, as uh, you described it. And, and I think the key word you brought up, I mean, is, is you got to love it. Um, it. It is, I think anyone who's played high level, or any, I think any level collegiate soccer is um, it, you look back, you know, I look back at my time and it was tough, but it was, it was the mm-hmm. best time I ever had. Um, but like you said, you gotta love it. And if you're wishy washy about it, um, that probably holds yeah. true for anywhere. Um, now in, in, you kind of talk about contact hours and, in, in, you know, but I think one of the, 
I hate to say flaws in the NCAA system, but one of, one of the concerns is that you have almost 200 days of non-athletic contact. So, so you, I mean, if you take a summer and, and you have these athletes who aren't self-motivated, they're really, really going to struggle, correct? Correct. Yeah, that's right. And I know we've obviously had conversations about extending the season. I know mm-hmm. the men's side, they're voting in April on the, on the um, uh, full academic year model, which might... Uh, you know, come a little bit later for us next year in that cycle. So, um, yeah, you're absolutely right. And I think, again, we, we have to look at the development of, uh, of a player, not just from the perspective when they're in our environment, because a lot of the time when they are not in our environment doesn't mean that soccer for them should stop. So finding the right opportunities for them outside of, you know, our environment means, you know, summer, um, you know, club playing or even winter, the kids just came back after six weeks uh, being away. So, again, if you come after six weeks doing nothing and we have to restart from, uh, mm-hmm. you know, all over again, uh, that, that, that that sets you back compared to somebody else that's out there and that's willing to do the work. And, and re- back to the kind of the recruitment question is, is you know, I get this question yeah. quite a bit, is do you, non-DA or ECNL, mm-hmm. um, do those kids? They a lot of times they feel that they don't they don't have a chance. But do you, I mean, do you have non DA and ECNL kids playing at 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 your school? Oh yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. I don't think it's the competition that creates players. It's uh, it's one part of of the, but um, there's so much more that goes into it. You know, it's uh, it's coaching, it's environment, it's. Uh, you know, proximity to facilities, uh, training. So there's just a million things that go into creating a player. Um, and uh, I don't think any player is created uh, equally. So uh, it's definitely one part of the picture. I think we have um, we have players from wide range of, you know, it's wide, wide spectrum of, of levels, NPL, uh, ECNL, DA as well, obviously. Um, so it's, it, it, I, I don't think the level matters. Uh, what matters is the, is the player, you know, and I think a lot of players, they kind of look at it as well. Hey, I'm playing on a good team. So, you know, I have certain value because my teammate is going to all these schools. Um, but again, we're not recruiting a team. We're recruiting that particular player. So we, we look at every single player individually. Do you find players or players finding you? If that makes, if that question makes sense. Yeah, it does. It, I think it goes both ways. I think it goes both ways. And I, uh, when I look at the players that we've had in the program, uh, bad for every single one of them, it, it's a little bit different. So it goes from anything, us going out, watching players, um, you know, uh, identifying players and then kind of uh, recruiting them. It goes for players coming to us, you know, and, and I think, again, mentioned the ID clinics um, on our campus or, you know, any, any third party clinics as well. Uh, it goes from contacts, you know, people recommending players. So uh, definitely variety of, of uh, pathways how, how to get to this level. How many emails are you getting in a, in, in a, a typical week <laughs> about the, uh, from yeah. players? Yeah, way too many. Way too many. <laughs> you know, and I feel bad. I know I, when I started, uh, I felt like I can answer every single email and uh, appreciate the, the effort and time that the uh, you know, the players and the parents are putting into it. Unfortunately, uh, it's, it's impossible for me <laughs> to be able to do my job. It's impossible. I'm, you know, ballpark, uh, 
be anything between 500,000 emails uh, a week. You know, I, I remember when I was actually last week flying to uh, the convention, I cleared my inbox before I got on the plane. And uh, I got on the plane after, I don't think it was even two hours, and I had 100 emails sitting in my inbox. So <laughs> it, can be, wow. uh, it can be definitely busy. So how, how does then... So if, if you're giving advice to, to, to a player, how does a player get, get your attention? I mean, um, if emails get lost, is, is it repetitive emails? Is it a call? I mean, is it, I mean, how does yeah. that? Yeah. Again, a variety of things. If the best thing, if you want to show you're interested, uh, and I know obviously uh, money is the factor, just getting to the ID clinics, you know, because we are there. Um, we can have the interaction. We'll get to see you, you know. Uh, I would lie to you that uh, if I said that I open every single email, I look at the video or the clip that is included in the email. Uh, we aim to do it with our staff and we have procedures for that. But um, to be honest with you, it's, you know, the, what you mentioned, repetitiveness. All right. So getting the emails, because I see if I'm getting the 15th email from the same player, you know, shows their interest. Uh, but coming to the clinics, um, if we're in contact theory, getting on a, on a phone call, um, we're always happy to, you know, pick up the call and talk for 10, 15 minutes. Okay. So, uh, again, a variety, um, but the chances, the chances are if, if, if you persist in that, you know, at some point we'll, <laughs> we'll open that email, respond to the email, we'll watch a video and, and, uh, you know, get to talk. So you're telling kids just to, to bother the crap out of you and hope for the, <laughs> Yeah, don't don't want to put it that way. But, uh, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> but again, if if it's uh you know uh, one email before we go to a, a, a tournament and, and the kids are playing in the tournament, and I know after the tournament it can be a busy period for the players as well, receiving all these emails from the coaches. Uh, but again, I, I'm a big fan that you know the clinics and camps mm-hmm. are uh, a big part of the experience because it can the interaction goes both ways. You know, I, I want to ask. This is opinion question. Is, is so one of the things that we we tell our tell rush players is if we're going to go if you're going to a showcase and so I'm going to use uh, you know just a random showcase a player showcase in Vegas and 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 you're mm-hmm. listed to go. We're recommending to send at least three emails in advance. Uh, to say, hey, when the schedule comes out, I'll give it to you. And then the schedule comes out, you send them the schedule. And then like a couple of days before, they're going to say, hey, coach, um, have safe travels. Here's my schedule. And just in hopes of maybe that third email, maybe get a chance to catch your attention. What, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, definitely. I think from, from what you're describing from your side, it's kind of subliminal messaging, right? Because I'm seeing the, the name, the email and I know when I'm watching the kid that that's somebody that's reached out, somebody that seems interested. Um, you know, it's beyond our means to go and watch every single player for a meaningful, meaningful period of time that reached out to us before the showcase. You know, before any showcase, it can be anything between uh, 100, 200 players. So it is really beyond our means to go and give everybody a good amount of time of, of you know, scouting and making sure that we see them. And you know what, sometimes... I understand it's not fair when you show up and, you know, the play, it's last, you know, 20 minutes of that first half or second half and, you know, maybe super hot and player is tired and mm. they don't show well in that 20 minutes. And we look at it as college coaches and we say, well, she's not good enough, but it might be just that little snapshot. So um, I would definitely encourage players if, um, you know, you don't get what you're hoping for in terms of attention after these, after the, the tournaments, 
uh, you know, don't just shut down on that school. It might mean that, you know, that, that maybe the, the, the coach needs a little bit greater sample size of watching you. Yeah. Okay. Well, awesome. Um, man, I, I, you know, I really appreciate you taking the time. Um, I could probably sit and chat with you for hours and hours and, um, but we got to cut it short eventually, but no. So I, man, I, I really appreciate the time and, and, and the advice you're giving. I think it's invaluable, um, to, to our rush players and, and, and anyone listening. So, um, I really appreciate the, really appreciate the time. Good luck. This, uh, how's your spring season looking? You guys, uh, how many games you guys have? Yeah, we, so we have five games. We have an international team coming in as well. So six games and, uh, we'll use it as a, as an opportunity to, you know, develop our players further, maybe try a few new things. So uh, I love the spring season just because the focus is really on development. It's not just games every three days. So uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We, we've already started. And, uh, you know, I, I, lo- I love the team. You know, it's, it's so much energy, so much great enthusiasm. So uh, I look forward to what the spring season breaks. Okay. Well, awesome. And good luck this spring. Good luck this fall. And good luck as you're, as you're t- kind of rebuilding the, the program up there. So uh, thank you so much, and uh, we'll be in touch. Thank you, and good luck to you. Thank you, sir. Thanks for listening to Cap Chat, the number one soccer recruitment podcast in the United States. Be sure to check back every two weeks for new episodes of Cap Chat exclusively on the Rush Podcast Network. My name is Josh Tyler, and this is CapChat.